that was very helpful. And in fact, I feel like I'm definitely in a better place now after having this conversation with you because you're right. That's what I think makes your work different and better than others. I definitely don't think I'd be engaged to him or in the relationship I'm in if I hadn't listened to you at all. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Before I bring my guest on today, I want you to know that I'm always excited by the success of my clients. Whether it's getting on track with a love, getting back with a love, or getting engaged and married. And I'm equally excited for season three of Make Him Wonder, because Make Him Wonder is now exclusive. A members-only club where you can hear all episodes, past, present, and future, completely ad-free. And membership has its benefits. Remastered, easier-to-listen-to former episodes categorized by age and relationship status, Situations spanning the spectrum of dating and relationship issues like age differences, dating divorced, dealing with difficult discussions of sex, exclusivity, and commitment. All the latest conversations are available as a member as soon as I'm done coaching a guest on her unique situation with an exclusive video of my recording recollections, reflections, and recommendations for you when you're listening. You'll also get my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual, a weekly action step maintenance practice for you to stay in 80-20 tip-top and tuned-up shape. Because you don't have to be perfect. If you do 80% of what it takes to have success with any man, the 20% you don't won't much matter. Ever your romantic situation, this weekly mindset focus will render you ready with the right mindset and the right tools for anything you might be facing with your current or future Mr. Right. It alone is valued at over $500. Joining is easy, and as a woman, you have choices. Join monthly and unsubscribe anytime, or take advantage of either the 6-month or 12-month membership with their amazing discounts. Check it out at the 80201wonder.club. Do it now while you're listening because there is no time like the present to start your new love story. Give yourself that gift so you can have the gift of love and commitment this year. And while you're doing that, we can get started. My guest today is 47-year-old Vivian, who has been in an on-again, off-again relationship with 40-year-old Gabriel for nine months. Vivian says she's tired of being in this loop with Gabriel, but every time she broaches the subject of commitment, there is an argument, and the couple ends up not speaking. Vivian wants to know if it is wrong to hold off sexual intercourse at this late stage in the game to get Gabriel to commit, and how she can change her feelings, not building a roadblock due to the inconsistency of this relationship. Welcome, Vivian. Thank you. You're welcome. It's been on again, off again for nine months. Yes, it has. Um, We met about in September of 2022 and had a brief relationship on and off. But as you mentioned, every time 
I broached the subject of a more of a commitment from him. And if he's seeing someone else, we end up arguing and having a disconnect of sorts regarding the commitment. Okay, I want to get more into that. First, tell me how you met. We met through uh, a dating app. And when did you start really seeing each other and how did it get sexual? And tell us really the trajectory of it, how it started out and where it went. Okay, we met through the dating app. We talked for three weeks straight, FaceTime, phone calls, text messages, pretty much throughout the day. And we would wrap up the evening with a a video call. And into the fourth week, we ended up going on our first date. The date was really fantastic, uh, real connection right away. We ended up uh, fooling around a little. At so let me stop you there. Why was it that you were back and forth on the apps and going back and forth with calls and video calls for three weeks before meeting? Our schedule was, um, wasn't was matching. Uh, I had a couple of things going on and so did he. So when we finally were able to meet, it was like the fourth week going in after we've connected through the app. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something right here that hurt you. And it's one thing that is an unknown for most women. It's what I work with in my One Love program all the time. It's getting to the first meeting as soon as possible. And if you cannot, for whatever reason, you do not start any kind of back and forth with calls. The texts have to be seriously limited and certainly no video calls. It hurts us as women enormously. And it's very subtle psychologically as to the why, but I can list those things. First and foremost, this is not even conscious for the man, but when you give him your time and attention prior to meeting him, it lowers his interest in you. And you won't know that because the interest in getting you sexually is still there, but it doesn't do anything to set you up for long-term success. It actually harms you. Right from the get-go, We need to show a man we are in control of what we can be in control of in a male-female dynamic, and that is our time, our attention, our interest, our affection. And we need to show him that until I've met you, I don't give you any of that because I don't know anything. And In our technological world, it can seem like we've met when we're doing video calling, but it almost never helps us. So it's always best to err on the side of showing the man, I don't do that. And this is an aside because, of course, we're going to get to the rest of your story, but it's very important if you are online dating for you to know this you will be more interested in the man if you've had good calls, you're connecting with him, 
it's seeming to go really well, and you're going to be more interested, thinking more about it, more invested. It can cloud you, certainly, for the first meeting, but it can also set you up for quite a bit of regret if, when you do meet, in the two minutes you've met, you realize, oh my gosh, there's nothing here. I'm not as attracted. I'm not feeling it. And then you've given your three weeks of time and your attention. That's on the other side of it. That's on our side. But make no mistake, it shows a man that, in a sense, you're not quite a worthy opponent. You've heard me talk about being a worthy opponent, I'm sure, on this podcast and other places, but you want to make sure any woman, you show the man right from the outset, I'm a worthy opponent. Under sports, we can understand it. Somebody could be talking a very good game. They could be saying, oh yeah, I'm, you know, this kind of basketball player. I get two out of three shots and I'm fantastic and you're going to love playing with me. But that's just talk. And until you meet and get on the court with that person, you don't really know anything in how they play the game. And that's what you're showing the man by not interacting with him until that first meeting. That I don't really know anything. You might be saying a lot of things, but until I've met you, I don't really get a sense of how you play this quote-unquote basketball game. Do you understand what I mean, Vivian? Yes. Okay. So he knew something about you prior to even meeting, and that's that he can get your time and attention easily. Okay. And it's very hard to explain the why, but until that man has made that effort to meet you, you see how he holds himself while out, and all the assessment you get of it, only in person, only when those pheromones are released, in person, you do not know anything, and you want to show the man at the outset that you won't know anything, and so you don't give him your time and attention until you do. And in my program, I outline how you do that in a nice way. Get to that meeting as soon as possible, and then you can do a little more of the texting, calling, but then you want to get to actual dates as well. The man getting your attention, time, in person is the name of the game to have him seeing that he is with a worthy opponent. So I digress for a while, but I wanted to get that out there because it's very important. And it may be part of the reason that it was set up for him not to be someone who either can commit or wants to commit to you. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep going here. After that first meeting, what happened? We continue to, I guess, same routine, um, go on several other dates. We went and then continue to talk as well on the phone and uh, text messaging and video calls. And then he was called away to work up north for his job. And two out of the weekends that he was there, he called me to go up there and stay with him. I ended up going. 
and staying a long weekend with him, which, you know, we had a great time, uh, spending time together, like a, you know, one-on-one sort of time together. When he was at work, I would be just lounging in the pool in the hotel, and then he would come back and we would, you know, cook dinner or go out to dinner and then, you know, breakfast, sort of a mini vacation that we had. You had how many dates prior to that? Several, several prior dates. When did you have sex? We probably had sex into our maybe third date. Okay. So this is also going to play into the reason for the issues, I believe. You see, you talking to him for the three weeks, you started to develop the idea of a relationship prior to one being actually established. It gave you the sense that there was something and he was very, very interested for something akin to a relationship. Does that ring true? Yes. Okay. And that doesn't do it for the man at all. But because you had that prior to meeting, sex came very early on in things, and then you did things a la committed or girlfriendish by going away with him for a weekend, and you hadn't really known him for more than, what, a month or so? That's correct. So what do you think it showed him? As you mentioned, in my mind, because he was so reaching out and very connected and keeping in touch because in the beginning I was more laid back and not so much reaching out. So he did most of the reaching out. I, like you mentioned, thought that we, he was committed in a sense that, okay, he's serious about a relationship here. And so therefore I had agreed to go up to where he was staying for the weekend for work. And it's perfectly understandable why you would. I'm using it as a teaching moment to show how it doesn't help us and how it actually hurts. So you made a statement. He did most of the reaching out. Yes. That connotes to me that you did some of it. I would. Uh, I did some of it. In the beginning, he did most of the legwork. I wasn't really sure I wanted to, you know, continue either having a conversation with him or going on a date with him. I, I, I sort of kept him on arm's length, per se, until that first meeting, uh, the, going the fourth weekend. And then, you know, the date was really good. We had a great connection, great conversation. It just flowed. And then that's when I started to, like, meet him halfway more in reaching out to him. So the three weeks you were going back and forth before a meeting, did you do any of the reaching out then? No, he did. Great. That's the way you would need to do it. But what happened was that once you felt you were in this quote-unquote relationship, it was the feeling, it gave the feeling of it for you. You let down your guard a bit and did some of the reaching out. Because make no mistake, in the beginning, you will not be able to differentiate between a consumer and a buyer. Consumers in the beginning act exactly like buyers, and we cannot know. It's only through time and through making them do the work of it, so to speak, 
getting our time, attention, and affection. And then if they are in the right place, they will show themselves to be buyers. But what happened, I'm gathering from your intro, is that you put him in the position whereby you felt he was a buyer, and then you acted according to that, and that's when you discovered he wasn't. And it was a problem for him to talk about the relationship in the way that you wanted to talk about it. Is that correct? That sounds correct. Okay, so let's get to where you are now. It's nine months in. You say it's been off and on. Mm-hmm. Yes. What does that mean exactly? Um, that means that for a good period, we've stopped talking. And when I say good period, is like about four months for the first time. And then two months, the last time, the latest time that we took a break, if you want to call it. We're recently talking again. Um, we picked up, we connected again, and it was right before I went on vacation. And then he had or felt that I didn't, or that I was on vacation with someone else. And he deduced that through, I guess, into Instagram pictures that I posted through social media. But at no point, I had taken any pictures of a male companion. So this is something he just deduced. I don't know how, but then we ended up arguing again about that. And that's, and then we took another break for two months. And so that's when I say it's been on and off. Okay. So I need specifics because see, none of this helps me to help you. Okay. Without hearing things like the first time we had a discussion. I said to him, where is this going? And then we had this argument. And I need those details because without it, I can't give you the understanding of how it went awry vis-a-vis how he thinks about it and how you can change it. So tell me the first time there was this schism and you stopped seeing each other. Yes. So the first time happened, I guess, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, he had come back home from his work trip. And I had noticed his enthusiasm, his calls had become very, you know, sporadic, I guess. And then I was picking up more of the slack and reaching out. And we had stopped speaking for a few weeks. What do you mean stopped speaking for a few weeks? How did that occur? I guess it occurred because I had broached him and said, you know, we've, we've been seeing each other for a few months now, and we've never had the discussion if we are committed or not. We are, you know, having um, sex, and we are not using any protection, so I want to know if we're on the same page. And before that, mind you, that he was the one that actually broached the subject of, you know, this is, we are having sex unprotected. So I'm assuming that you and I are exclusive in this page. And I had agreed with him, you know, regarding the commitment of, you know, only having sex with him and vice versa. And I guess maybe for me, that wasn't enough. A few weeks go by and I asked him, you know, are we exclusive? Are we committed? And 
I guess he said, you know, nonchalant, yeah, of course, you know, we are sleeping together without any protection. What do you think? Sort of, kind of like that. But then the conversations just started to dwindle and meetings started to dwindle. And then we we just disconnected. Just one never reached out to the other. And it went like that for a few months. So what I'm hearing is that he was the one initially that said, so we're having unprotected sex. I assume that you're not seeing anyone else and I'm not, correct? Correct, yes. And that wasn't enough for you because you likely got the sense, well, okay, that really doesn't mean much. That just means we're being safe and smart. Yes. So then you said to him what you just told me, and he just said, of course, and you still got the sense that it was, again, kind of a smart thing, exclusivity, but not committed a la the heart and a relationship. Yeah. Okay. So he stopped reaching out, and you didn't either. Correct. Good. It took him two months to come back. Is that correct? Correct. And if I'm right, it was simply that after you had that discussion, was it on the phone? No, it was in person. We had gone on a date. After the date, we went back to his place. And then I had the conversation with him. Like, I just want clarity on this because I know we've talked about it in the past. But I still feel that I need clarity from you regarding it. And um, But he was just nonchalant about it and almost like brushed it off while you're being weird, kind of away. And how did that end? Did you leave or did you stay and have sex? What was it like? Uh, we had had sex before the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then after that, we just watched a little more TV and then I, I left for the, for the night. Did you always leave? At night after that? Yes, I, I always leave. How come? I always, uh, because I live 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes away from him, and I my work schedule is like from 8.30 to 5, and this was a, a weekday. I have stayed over at his house before, but this particular day I had, I had left. Did he stay with you ever? No, he doesn't come to my place because I have kids, and um, since we... I, I haven't felt that he is truly committed to me, and I don't like to bring anyone home if um, I'm not comfortable in the relationship to, so my kids will meet them yet. I love that. That is music to my ears. We should never be introducing a man to our children until such time as he is voicing his complete and utter commitment, wanting to go the distance, moving towards engagement and marriage. Because children do not want to be involved in their parents' love lives. They are most concerned about their safety, well-being, mom not being taken away from them. They've already had a man taken away from them that they care about, meaning daily in their lives, a la either, in your case, uh, uh, if it's an ex-husband or the dad is not there 
and they've had to juggle their lives in that way between two households, etc. Typically, I don't know in your case, Vivian, but I'm just using this again as a moment for everyone else, that there's so many things here, especially for boys, they don't want to see their mom in a relationship that isn't committed. For girls, we're giving them the wrong message of this is how we do it. So until that man is ready to be committed to you completely and the children come as a package, we don't bring anyone into it. So I applaud you for that. I love hearing that. Thank you. What I'm hearing here, unfortunately, is that you didn't set yourself up to be in the category for commitment in the man's eyes. It's very quid pro quo for men. And what I mean by that is that when we don't hold them to a very high standard to attain us sexually in the beginning, the way the man sees it as you are completely fine with doing things in this quid pro quo manner, and he doesn't really get it and gets offended when you do start talking about more, when he hasn't shown you that that's what he's about. That might seem very confusing to you, does it, Vivian? It does. I almost question, okay, I I hear and understand where Paul is coming from, but when do we know how to put that rule into effect? How long into talking, getting to know that man that you integrate the sexual part of the relationship? Right. And it is very, very tough because you have to do a bit of understand yourself first and foremost. And for most of us as women, it's going to be the natural order of things that if we find him attractive enough and like him enough and we have sex with him more than once or twice, we are going to start to bond. That's just female. And we are going to want a relationship. Whether that man is really right for us or not, it's not about that. Because we commit through time and sex. It's a natural thing that just occurs. There's no decision making about it. So you started to feel the way you felt and felt it was natural for him to be on the same page. But as a man, it's not. So it's why I brought up what I brought up in the beginning. We have to set ourselves up from the very start that we are in the category of worthy opponent. We don't give our time, attention, affection until the man proves to us. So from online, you meet, and I have very specific places you meet, specific time you meet, I have the texting templates, how you get to that first phone call. The first phone call is where you decide whether you want to meet him or not. You scale it. Do I want to meet him? Then I have what you say, what you don't. It's very feminine. It allows him to feel like he's leading. You meet, and then he's got to show you through his time and attention, his interest level. And we have in our lexicon, like the three date rule, so to speak, quote unquote, three dates, you have sex, Mm, doesn't really do it. And then what happened was you went away with him. And yeah, it was probably wonderful to get away, 
be together like that. You felt, well, getting to see how he really is and who he is. But again, it didn't set you up for success. It was his work thing, and you were a wonderful tag along for it. Yes, you got to be at the pool, but he could come home from the work thing and have sex with you. It wasn't that he showed you through his wanting to make a special weekend of just you. I'm going to say something here that's very important as well. This doesn't mean that you cannot turn it around, Vivian. But trying to get the verbal assurance and how you're going about it now, because we can't change the past, needs to change. If you change up how you're going about it and show him that you are different, not tell, not try to get something through talking to him about it, you can possibly get more if he has enough interest. So I want to get to the first getting back together, where that went awry, and then where you are now so that we can set about getting you on that right road to getting that success. So we'll do that in a moment. I trust you're enjoying Make Him Wonder and that you're getting a lot of helpful information for the life of love you desire and deserve. So if you're not part of the 80-20 Wonder Club yet, you need to be because now Make Him Wonder is exclusive a members-only club to listen to every episode, past, present, and future, in full, all ad-free. The 80-20 Wonder Club is a Make Him Wonder membership that gives you all of Seasons 1, 2, and 3 in a categorized list by age and relationship status, and a multimedia library of my content, including my book, Relationship Evals, and my Making Magic with Men Mindset Manual a weekly action step you can focus on to attract and keep the man of your dreams and have him committing to you completely in the coming months. Make this the moment you start living as an 80-20 Wonder Woman because love, like life, is best lived in 80-20. When you do 80% of what works with men, the 20% you don't won't much matter. Join the 80-20 Wonder Club by going to the 8020wonder.club. Don't miss out. Go now to the 8020wonder.club. You and your man will be glad you did. Okay, we're back with 47-year-old Vivian talking about her on and off again relationship with 40-year-old Gabriel. Before we get to the first getting back together and then the second breakup, I do want to touch on the seven-year age difference. You say, Vivian, that you have children. Were you married previously? Yes. I've been divorced for five years now. I was married for 21 years. I have two boys, uh, 22 and a 16-year-old. And how about Gabriel? He has a six-year-old daughter. Divorced? What's the situation? No, he was never married. We were seeing each other, and at the time, she was also older than him, and she ended up getting pregnant. It wasn't something he wanted or expected. Uh, he almost feels as if he it was an entrapment, uh, per se, from the girl he was seeing at the time because it was a very short relationship. So you're dealing with that going into it? Yes. 
what is he said about wanting marriage and or other children, if anything? Um, he does not want any more children. We've, we've talked about that. We're on the same page regarding that. Marriage, he broached it as when he falls in love with the right person. It is definitely something he wants as well. Great. But he wants it to be his decision and not feel strong-armed or trapped into anything. Yes. So I see why he was a little tiffed about the asking again when you did. Tell me specifically about him or you going to one or the other to get back together after the two-month split. So to the two-month split, he reached out and said, hey, I don't like it the way we ended things. I am reaching out. So because the way we ended uh, the discussion we left off wasn't something that sat well with me, and I just want to touch base with you regarding why I said what I said, why I thought, and I miss you, and, um, you know, I would like to see you. And I agreed, and we went, and we had the not a very good first meet after the breakup. It was very tense. I went in with my walls up, I suppose. I normally drive up to where he lives because I don't, um, like I said, don't want my kids meeting him now. So I drove up to his place. We went out to dinner. And it was very, almost like, I don't want to use the word hostile, but it, it was very walls up on, on both ends, I guess. When I arrived, he didn't let me come in. He said, I'll be right down. So he was very adamant about that. So that made me put up a wall. I felt like, wow, you know, I just drove 30 minutes to your place and you don't even let me come in, sort of thing. So that made me feel like, ugh in a way, I guess. So that date was horrible. He called me the night, he called me the morning, and then we talked about our date, that it didn't go as we had planned, and we, we talked about our feelings, why, what we were feeling at the moment of the date. We left everything on the table. We set up a second date, which went much better, because we had talked in between the first colossal date and then the second date that went better. And we've been talking ever since. And when you say talking ever since, what do you mean? Seeing each other, having sex, what do you mean? Yes, we, I guess we picked up where we had left off in our relationship life. Uh, I am more cautious now. I'm not reaching out. I'm letting him reach out more. I'm letting him do the set up the date. I will answer his text. Uh, accordingly to what I perceive to be his tone. If he's talkative, I will be more talkative. If he's just saying hi, I will just say hi. But if he asks how my day was, I will answer accordingly. But I am more of um, a, a step behind, I think, because I feel very uncertain. I, I guess I'm afraid to put my feelings back out on the table. Sure, that's understandable. When you had the second date, did you have sex then and start up like you were previously? 
I'm going to say unfortunately yes. Why do you say unfortunately yes? I, I, I missed him, honestly, and he did as well. And I feel maybe I should have, I guess, maybe played a little harder to get or because we had taken a break and because we had had that conversation of, okay, where is this going again? You know, why are you back again? Are things going to be different? That's what, how I felt. But because I had missed them so much and it just, it just happened. And so you started up again in the way that you had been. You say it's been going as it's been going ever since. What makes you do this podcast and come on today? I'm doing the podcast to get a sense of will he commit because we've had had at least two breaks in between and how do I differentiate keeping him wandering at this point versus coming off as cold and unattached or emotionless but also showing that hey um, I still like you I still would like a commitment and you know see us move forward instead of staying in this loop of a relationship that we've been on for at least nine months or so. So it's confusing to me because initially you said, yes, there were other breaks. Then I got the sense that, no, you've been ever since. And then you say to me, no, we've had some kind of rift twice in between. Yeah, we've gone like four months once without talking and then two months without talking. The two months is the most recent one. And that's the one you told me about how he called and you got back together. Okay. That's that's correct. Okay. You have a lot of work to do. You see, you're wanting something on his end to change. The change always starts with us. And this is tough because of a number of things. One of which is the fear that you will lose him for good. That's just the rock bottom truth. Is that right? Yes. That fear has to be fought in order to get him to a place of seeing you as a truly worthy opponent. You likely feel, Vivian, that he has a lot of love for you. Like you know that on the one hand, correct? I do. And he recently voiced that he does like me. He's very fond of me. Um, he admires me and that sort of conversation we've had recently. Mm -hmm. Did he tell you he loves you? No. So there is a fix here. Are you talking to him now and seeing him now? Is he in your world now or are you on another break? No, he's in my world now. Great. So this is the start. And with the changes, if you do them, you commit to them, you can have him in your world as you desire to have him and fully committed. It's not a cakewalk. You will be the agent of change that will inspire him to change. The What it takes is under two umbrellas of which I work. One, what you do with him, how you interact with him, 
even what you say, certainly the behaviors, the verbiage, everything in what you do with him, but that's the smaller part of it. The biggest part is getting to your belief system, meaning your subconscious programming of how you have been wired and programmed to believe about love and love interests and what you must do to please them and behave with them in order to get your needs met. And when I say them, it's because this programming is actually what you experienced from birth to age seven with your parents who are your first love interests. And when you change that self-concept and way of relating to what you know intellectually, instead of your programming, you can win with him. And those are the two things that must fundamentally change to have fundamental change occur within him. Because he cares a lot about you. He enjoys you. He would like to have this relationship. I don't know from what you're telling me that he absolutely will comply and do this. But what I can tell you is that if you don't make these changes, you don't have a hope in hell because it will quickly go back to what you have been doing and the interactions you've had with him will happen again. You will have another rift and that will just keep happening and you can only sustain so many of them until he just finds a new puppy. You know what I mean by that, the puppy principle. But you have a very good chance. And to the degree that you believe it, the commitment you make to it is the degree that you can have it. And if he's somebody that you have fallen for and you want in your life fully committed, there is no way around this. It's only through it. And by doing it, that you will absolutely know for sure, and be able to look back and say, I did all of that. For the women I work with, it's typically that the man does comply and does do it to the degree the changes in the woman are made, how we behave with him, and what is in our self-concept, and changing the programming that we have had that tells us things like, the proof needs to be shown to me every moment because I cannot trust that a love interest will stay. I will be abandoned. If I desire it and want it, it will leave me the love, the caring. There may be programming a la if you do something for a certain amount of time that you're just being used by the man. Subtle programming belief systems that are running in your subconscious, you're not even aware of, and you telegraph to him energetically and in all ways, and it sets up a disconnect between you, and he's not really able to feel safe with you. What I mean by that, men need two things to be able to feel completely free to commit 
once we bring them up to a state of like a prospective buyer or bona fide buyer. They still need these things to be able to feel free to completely commit. And that is... Are you wondering what the two things are that are imperative for every man to feel that he wants to be all in? And from those feelings, what will prompt him to make a decision to commit? I'm going to advise Vivian what to do to have Gabriel inspired to commit to their relationship and be all in. In the rest of this episode, I outline these two things for Vivian and explain what her next steps need to be so that Gabriel will feel what he needs to feel to move forward. And because I want you to get the results you desire by understanding these two foundational feelings, I invite you to check out the 8020 Wonder Club to hear the rest of this discussion where Vivian and I delve into the meat of what it will take for her to inspire Gabriel's commitment and their relationship going the distance. The 8020 Wonder Club is an exclusive membership where you'll get over 130 episodes of Make Him Wonder categorized by age and relationship status, plus all new episodes the moment they're formatted and ready to be aired. Unfiltered coaching conversations like this one with all my advice and principles to have you succeeding in your romantic life. Check the description in this video and below for the link, as that is the only way you'll be able to hear what I tell Vivian what she can do to achieve the success she desires. Don't miss out on how to make your man wonder in the right way to have the divine right results you desire and deserve. Go now to the 8020wonder.club. That's the 8020wonder.club. You and your love will be glad you did.